so this is it. This is the final episode of this amazing season where I, well, I think it's a, I think it was amazing. I hope you do too. Where I traveled to South Africa and I recorded my journey each day. I shared my thoughts and experiences as a diary entry, almost like a diary, except not written down, spoken to make a, podcod, a podcast episode for each day of my travels. And it's been a fantastic way to reflect on what I've been doing, to think more about some of the things that perhaps I wouldn't normally notice or wouldn't normally say anything about, I suppose. Just paying attention, I, I think, might be the way to put it. And I'm very bad at saying goodbye. I'm not the best. So it feels like a daunting task going into this episode, thinking I'm going to be saying goodbye. But it will be goodbye to this season and hello to a period where I can create more stories and I can rest and I can learn and maybe improve my craft, find some things to do that will teach me some other things and then I'll come back for season nine. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Season nine will be coming up in a few weeks, a month, who knows. I'm, I'm never quite sure when I'm going to be able to start up again. This one was the longest break I had between episode, oh, between season seven and season eight, but it was only, it turned out only to be a couple of months or just short of two months. So not very long at all, but we'll see what happens. What's in your shed? What's in your shed? Pictures and treasures and the books that we read. What's in your shed? What's in your shed? In the last episode, we chatted about my trip from Johannesburg back to London. And it was my last day in South Africa. And this episode, I will be chatting about my journey from the airport, Heathrow Airport, back to Oxford. And that will bring me to the present time where I'm right now in the shed. I still haven't gone into the house. I, w I have to go in to use the downstairs loo, but I'm in the shed self-isolating because of all the changes to travel rules and South Africa going back onto the red list. So I wasn't, I actually missed the point. Well, I got in early enough not to have to quarantine in a hotel, which is what happens after when it's put on the red list so I got back just before that and I am quite tired because I've been up for nearly 24 hours had a few hours sleep on the plane but you never really sleep that well because you're sitting in a cramped chair with not much leg room that's if you're in 
world traveler class which is what they call it on British Airways I don't think they use the term economy anymore and I think there's some other fancy names for business and first class it's wow. I was a world traveler this time and I got to the passport control after deciding to walk instead of catching the airport train it's it feels like you're in a an underground station when you come off the flight walk down some corridors and then there are these loads of glass doors that people are standing against it looks like they're waiting for the London tube except the whole thing is glassed off and when the train arrives the glass doors open and you step onto the train and then the door, glass doors close and the train doors close two sets of doors and the train whizzes you along down to passport control and baggage reclaim and there was a sign that said walking route and I thought oh, I've been sitting on this plane for so long I'm going to do the walking route and there was no one down there it's a long walk but the fun part is there are these long escalator flat escalator or walkways they're like yeah like an escalator that's flat and the floor is quite spongy and moves along and I think what makes it look like an escalator is it's got those handrails that move the same as an escalator does I don't know oh I don't know if the walkways have moving handrails I'm not sure anyway they're so much fun to walk along and you get this really bouncy step and you go fast and it feels like you're doing this amazing effortless fast walking I actually love those they're really good really good fun and I'm glad I decided to walk otherwise I wouldn't ha have had a go on those I think what amazes me the most is that they, they are spongy and another good thing is when you step on it it speeds up if no one's on there it goes really slow saving energy and as someone steps it, it speeds along imagine if you could walk like that all the time have that same feeling I guess it's like that's truly having a spring in your step when when you're on one of those good fun then I went to the arrived at the passport control the UK border there's a big sign that says UK border in white against blue it makes me think of all the borders around the world and some are land borders where there'll be a, a checkpoint and I always get this image of the the Mexican border you see it in a lot of movies and there's a part where people can walk through and then different sections for cars to go go up to it almost looks like a toll gate and that was from a film called No Country for Old Men I like those scenes with the Mexican border and then oh no I thought I was going to get away with it this time not go off on one and forget what I was talking about ah yeah UK border thinking about all the different borders the land border the airport you get seaports but these are the points where people arrive into the country and get all their documents checked and I suppose the border is also where you leave the country but they're not as significant as when you actually arrive somewhere and I went and joined this queue 
and it's not that clear anymore with the signage because of the UK leaving the European Union. It used to all UK-EU UK, passports together and you could go to the same section. But this time the sign looked different and it said UK passports and and then it had the EU flag and then all the other flags of different countries or territories that could use that and then all other passports the other side. And in my head I thought my passport is a European Union passport that it wouldn't be valid in the UK after Brexit was completed. So I would have to go to other passports. And I was so tired, I wasn't really paying attention to the signs or thinking about all of this. And I went into the all other passports and the queue wasn't moving at all and it was long. It snaked back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you could actually see that it would take forever and there were only three positions opened with the immigration official at three. I think that's what the immigration officer, I think that's what they're called. And this queue wasn't going anywhere. And then I looked up at the signs again and I was well into the queue. The, the snaking around went six or seven times behind me and then about nine times in front of me, back and forth, back and forth. And I realized when I saw the sign that there was that EU flag with the yellow stars which I didn't recognize the first time around. I overlooked it. It, it just didn't jump out because I'm not used to seeing it so small. I think that's the thing. It used to be a massive EU flag or sign with a big flag and that's why I knew. Okay, this was tiny. And I said to some security guards who walked up near where I was standing and I said if I've got an EU passport can I go over to that side and he was so friendly I'm usually scared of these officials I think oh I can't step out of line if I say anything they're gonna take me to an office and quiz me about something I've got nothing to hide but I, I just have this fear of the police and security people and officials border control all that kind of stuff but the the guy was so nice to me and he said you can stay in this queue if you want to wait about two hours and I think he said that quite softly and discreetly to me and I don't think the others in the queue had heard because I stepped out of the queue and spoke to him because that would have been annoying for someone in the queue to hear that and go oh great but the guy said yeah you can come over to this side and he opened the barriers for me and allowed me to join midway through the queue that was so nice I got helped out by the security guard to help me find the car rental drop-off and I got helped by this security guy so that should change the stereotypes I have about security and police I don't have a stereotype about them but I, I'm scared of them and maybe that the stereotype is that they're scary or they will detain you or something. And this queue went so much faster, it was whizzing around and there's an electronic entry point so I didn't even see an immigration official. There's this fancy computer screen thing and uh, 
area where you put your passport in with your hand and you hold it down under the scanner and then the screen takes a photo of you and I think all my details so my settled status so permanent settled status in the UK is all recorded through my passport number so I don't have to show that document which I need now and I didn't have before so it's all linked up and also what's linked up is my COVID-19 vaccine information and the fact that I've had to book a test a lateral flow test that needs to get sent off and that's all linked up to my passport so in the other queue with all other passports they have to have the documentation and I saw lots of people with flip files very similar to what I brought and they must have sold a lot of flip files because I did see a lot of people I was surprised I thought it was only me or not only me but I thought I was one of the few who needed all those papers but it turns out there were lots of people with that because having it all on your phone is is fine but if you need to look up emails and you haven't put them in a wallet a digital wallet on your phone and all that and I it just when I take my phone out it, it's a barrier for some reason and then I've got my phone out and then I look at that and then I see another email pop up and then I see an a notification on a WhatsApp message and the next thing you do is you start looking at your phone which is fine but I try you know moderate it so I don't look at it too much and I do other things like read or just look around see what's going on around around me and I saw, yeah, I say I saw lots of people in that other queue, and they had to show all their certificates of their vaccinations and things. And I was be getting myself prepared to do that, but luckily it was all linked in with the passport. There must be a lot of information held about me and about everyone who who has identification and you know does things. Wow, and. Oh, where was I? Yeah. So I went through passport control, no problem, picked up my bags. It all went really well. Walked out of the airport, very cold, big contrast. But I didn't put any layers on because it was all closed in my suitcase and I'd have to undo the lock. And the way my suitcase works, I'd need to put it on the ground and then you zip it open and there's a half that flops down a softer half and then the bottom half is the hard part of the case and then I need to open the separate sections and dig it out and I, I just wanted to get to the bus station especially if you don't know the bus times and probably best not to I know there's one every 20 minutes or so so it's not a long wait but I would hate to be faffing around getting another top and then those two three minutes doing that I could have got on a bus and it could have left me behind I turned up and the bus turned up in minutes a beautiful coach I think it was a new one and each seat had a little Mercedes logo on the seat so it must have been a Mercedes coach and they had the little USB port so you could charge your phone and my phone was nearly flat so I definitely needed it charged and 
luckily my early packing sorting out the little bits and pieces the day before on my last day I packed the cable the USB attachment so I could charge my phone up which was really handy because I needed to check the news see what was going on and while on the way to Oxford it's about an, just over an hour's journey I managed to book a PCR test and I don't know what PCR stands for but it's a special COVID test that you have to go somewhere and do it's not a home test and I managed to book it I booked a walk-in appointment I timed it quite well so for when I thought the bus would arrive in Oxford and then I needed to do about a 15 minute walk and I would go and do I was able to go and do the test on the way home and the results for that would be sent to me tomorrow and it turns out that that's the advice we've been given I got a text message from the UK government and they got my number off the passenger locator form which is something you had to fill in before you leave South Africa to so they so you can be tracked when you get back in case you carrying coronavirus and then they have to notify people I don't know how it works but the computer systems must be really well linked up because I got this message hours after I got home saying you need to do a PCR test and luckily I've done one and then they said you need to do one on day eight so do two they're going to send me it in the post and then I send it back and it says it's free I mean can you imagine the amount of kits that are being used and sent all over the place the only thing that troubles me is the litter that it produces all that plastic and most of it's non-recyclable and I can imagine after this pandemic all the waste of the the PPE personal protective equipment is that right all the masks the shields the gloves all of that stuff I don't think can be recycled and my mom shared some really good advice with me when when I was with her and she said that I, I was talking about this I was saying about all the rubbish and stuff and she said that she heard on the radio or a podcast or somewhere I can't remember exactly where that it's recommended that if you have one of those disposable masks you break the elastic you, you break the elastic off the the mask and break it and I said, oh, is that because it could get trapped? Like if it ends up in the sea, a fish or something could get trapped inside the elastic. And my mom said, it's actually because the paper is recyclable. So the, the paper part, but the, the bands aren't. And if you separate it, it makes it easier to recycle. And I don't know about the getting caught on animals thing. I always thought that those plastic rings that would hold a six pack of beers together I always would I would take the beers out and then tear the plastic holder and I always did that because I thought if it ended up in the sea then animals don't get stuck in it I've never had that confirmed but I've always done it like that maybe maybe it's true maybe it's not but it kind of makes sense and it makes me feel a little bit better especially when you're throwing stuff away that goes into landfill which might end up in the sea if it's not incinerated or if it gets 
dropped on the street and then the wind blows it and it ends up in a river and then the river washes it out to sea. So I was able to get that PCR test done and all those things reminded me of how fortunate we are living in the UK with all the buses that run on time and Mercedes buses really clean USB ports there was an automatic announcement when we were on the bus about the journey and at the same time the text of that announcement was on a screen uh, it was it was luxurious and going on the roads with no potholes and all the verges are neat. There is quite a lot of litter in parts, but relative to South Africa, this place, the UK, or where where I am in the southeast or near London, is very well kept. I think the roads are maintained and you can see there's money to do all those things. So it's a big contrast and I noticed that, especially this time, when I got back to the UK I could see that you know the things that we moan about here aren't half as bad as some of the stuff in South Africa I noticed the roads are really worn and ridges where you can see sand through and you drive over and the, the wheels of the car just go and you feel you damaging the shock absorbers but I I had a rental car, I didn't treat it badly, but I didn't worry as much, but if it was my own car, I would think, wow, these shock absorbers aren't going to last too well, and the tyres are, are going to get damaged quite quickly, or worn out quite quick. Can you imagine people will start needing to drive 4x4s, I hope it never gets to that, and it's it's really quite sad to see, but yeah, everything worked really smoothly on this end, and the... PCR tests done and to have that service I, I felt really grateful to to be able to do that and then get that message saying you know you've, you've got this and I've, I've got messages before saying that the boost is coming up well I actually checked if I could get the booster and it, it said I'm it's not my it, not I don't qualify for it yet because I, I only had the second one five months ago, the second vaccine. And I think you need to have had six months in between before you get the booster. So it all worked really well. I caught the U1 bus home from right near the testing station. And the U1 is the Oxford Brooks University bus teamed up with the bus company I think it's called and then yeah it's a nice bus again really like USB ports a screen that has all the stops that come up really clear announcements some weird kind of contraption near the door that you can pay with your pass but it's a scanner thing I don't know but it was all very fancy and then I got home and I've been in the shed ever since. I, w I went inside a couple of times. I had two showers. I had one when I got here and Joe was outside cleaning out the hutch for the guinea pigs and I ran in. The kids were still at school 
and I had a shower and late on when Joe and the kids went out to a shop somewhere, Decathlon I think it was, they, I, I went in, I did some exercise and went into the house and had a quick shower and Joe brought me my dinner and I'm in here now recording the final episode of What's in Your Shed podcast, well, not the final final but the final one of season eight and wow what a journey it's been i'm gonna sleep well tonight and i'll reflect some more and i'm sure i've missed some things out but i think i've captured these past few days in a way that i just never knew how it would turn out so i hope it's i hope it's good and i've enjoyed it very much so i think it is going to be good (laughs) and thank you for listening to all of these podcasts and if this is the first time you've listened and and you've jumped straight in here to this episode thank you for listening and um, you may find some of the other stuff interesting if if you if you want to listen to any more and that's it good night and thank you and I'll catch up with you all again when I start season 9 bye up the strong box What's in your shed? What's in your shed? Pictures and treasures and the books that we read What's in your shed? What's in your shed?